0: By the way, if you're new to us, we're having a uh, lunch afterwards. Everybody's welcome to come. It's across the street at a park. We we have ordered in pulled pork from Rudy's Barbecue. Can someone say amen to that right there? That's what I'm talking about. And so you're going to learn something today. Whenever we have lunch afterwards, I preach shorter. Hey! I know who that was. Nicholas, we'll talk afterwards. If I ever baptize you, you're going to stay under longer than you think you're going to stay under. Good deal. Actually, the sermon just got longer, just so you know. Just got longer. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, it's actually a one-point sermon, which is more points than most of my so, uh, But it's a one-point sermon, and here's, here's what you need to know. It is going to be a little bit shorter just to get things moving that direction. But I I just want to teach you this. This has nothing to do with the message. The length of a sermon has nothing to do with the depth of a sermon. Okay? I have heard hour-long sermons which said nothing. (laughs) And I've heard 15-minute long sermons say a whole bunch, and, and it was a whole bunch of food to my soul. A long sermon sometimes doesn't even justify as the chips and salsa of a meal. But sometimes a short sermon can be a T-bone steak. Now, the proof of that scripturally is the greatest sermon ever preached was preached by a man named... The answer in church is always the same. It's Jesus. He preached it in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mountain. You can read it in about 15 minutes. But there's more meat in that message than you can shake a stick at. I think I just switched metaphors there. But But anyway... Uh, the length doesn't matter. You, you're you're not going to be cheated today from our passage. Okay, one point sermon, and the title of the sermon is this: "The problem is not the problem." Hmm. The problem is not the problem. Turn to the person next to you and say, "You're not the problem. You're not the problem. The problem is not the problem." Now, now, as some of you just said, you are the problem. <laughs> so, that don't. <laughs> You messed up a few words there. Do you understand how important your routine is? Your daily routine affects your relationships. It affects your moods. It affects your behaviors. It affects your uh, production at work. Just your daily routine. The problem is not the problem. Resolve cannot overcome decisions that we make in our life. Resolve cannot overcome routines created. Now you can sit there and say all day, well, I'm gonna lose weight and I am resolved to do it. Well, if you don't change your routine, guess what? You can have all the resolve in the world if you don't change the routine. Your destiny does not overcome decisions or patterns that have been instilled in our life. This is just very practical and it comes from the word of God. There's no ooey gooey spiritual magic formula you're gonna get today. This is just real life stuff, real talk. We're gonna call it spade a spade today, okay? The problem is not the problem, usually. The problem is the pattern. The problem is the pattern. We look at the problem as being the problem. But the problem is usually traced back to a process or routine or habits that we have instilled in our life. We live in a time that uh, th- there's, this, there's this new theology called name it and claim it. Have you heard that? If you just name it and claim it, and it's a false teaching. If you just believe it enough, it'll be that way. That's fooey. You can believe all day on certain things. If you don't change your pattern, it's not gonna change. Or believe it and receive it. Yeah, not if you don't change your routine. It's not gonna get fixed. So John chapter 15 Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain, see if you catch a word that keeps coming up. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy... May be complete. Father, I pray that this passage today and the patterns of our lives can be renewed and reset yeah, if they are off kilter. If we have been veering from the left or the right, I pray that through your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus speaks to us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you catch a word that kept popping up? Remain. You are a smart group. I can't get nothing by you guys. Just, just amazing. Remain. Remain in me. Jesus wasn't teaching if you have a great spiritual experience on Sunday, then that's just going to redirect your life for the rest of your life. He wasn't saying, just remain in me on Sunday and your week is going to be different. What was he saying? Remain, 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 remain. It's the pattern of your life. The problem is the pattern. It's the pattern, it's the routine, it's the process, it's the habits. Having the faith to step out means nothing if you don't have the faith to stick it out. Somebody says, well, you have great faith. You have the faith to step out. It means nothing if you don't have the faith to stick it out and to remain with Jesus. Jesus is describing a pattern in this passage right here. Here's the pattern. Remain in Jesus, bear fruit, he prunes you. That's not the fun part, by the way. That's, <laughs> pruning is no fun. But after the pruning, some people disconnect from Jesus. Well, I didn't like that. I did not like what God did. I didn't like how he, I've been serving him. How could he do that to me? But after the pruning, if you remain in Jesus, you bear more fruit. He actually says that, more fruit. When you bear more fruit, he prunes you again. Uh, But if you remain even after that, you will bear, then it said, much fruit. And then guess what he's gonna do? prune you again. And there's a pattern to life. And the end result of living that kind of a pattern is verse 11. I do this so that your joy will be complete. The best life is living it remaining in Jesus. Amen. That's the pattern. That's the habit. That's the routine that he's trying to teach us. This is the pattern. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's in his last week of his life. I consider John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. If you, if you have your Bibles, it's just mostly red. If you have a red letter Bible, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is ultra important stuff. Everything Jesus said was important, but man, in that last week, he's got one more week with his disciples. This, this might be ultra important stuff. And he tells him here, hey, you're gonna have a tendency to think that life is just random. Everything you're, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to, ascend to heaven. You're going to think that things happening to you are just random, which by the way, some things in life are random. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It, it, sometimes cancer just comes. Sometimes the car accident, there's no reason behind it. We can't, it's just a cursed world. There is randomness, but generally Jesus is saying there is a pattern behind a lot of the things that happen in our life. Let me give you about 25 examples. If person A doesn't get along with person B and person a doesn't get along with person C and person a doesn't get along with person D and person a doesn't get along with person E and person a doesn't get along with person F. Uh, Have you noticed a pattern? Who's the problem? Person a, we can start to dissect the pattern just so Jesus is saying, just so you know, show me the pattern of your life. I will show you the future of your life. That's what he's saying. Show me your patterns, I'll predict your future. Just so you know this, um, before Chelsea and I came down here to uh, start a church, they put us through a rigorous assessment, a four day um, miserable assessment period that they just dissected every part of our life. They watched us for 24 hours a day for four days. They watched us eat, they watched us breathe, they wanted to know everything about us. And they dissect our financial history. They dissected our integrity. They made phone calls to people in my past I, I'd forgotten about. They dissected our marriage. They found out what was important to us and what's not important to us. You know what they were really after? I was thinking about that this week. They were looking for patterns. If they could catch our patterns, they were gonna predict our future. They're going to predict our problems and our successes. If they could figure out our patterns, by the way, uh, there's weather patterns. Are there weather patterns in Houston? Have you figured them out yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> in the just so you know, there are parts of the country where there are four seasons. It's called winter, spring, summer and fall. We lived in an area where you could predict the patterns. Summer was going to be hot. Fall, the leaves were going to change. Weather was going to cool down. Winter was going to be cold and icy, sometimes snow. Spring, the flowers are going to start blooming. And then you come back to summer. Now, you couldn't predict daily, but you could predict generally. There was some randomness to the weather, but generally, summer was hot, winter was cold. There was a weather pattern. There's traffic patterns. I have learned the Houston traffic patterns. When can you drive on I-10? Never. That's the pattern. (laughs) Never. Actually, you know, there are times you can drive on I-10 and you can keep your faith. There are times you cannot keep your faith. I think I've been baptized like eight times since driving on I-10 because I've lost my Christianity Um, after the lady who cut me off gave me the international sign that you're number one. uh, I'm in the Houston traffic pattern. There's computer coding patterns. If we have any computer guys in here, there's, uh, there's coding patterns in computers. I know nothing about it, but it looked good to say. There's musical patterns. Some guys don't memorize all the music. They just memorize the patterns. There's a verse, there's a chorus. There's a verse, there's a chorus. There's a bridge, there's a verse, there's a chorus. Or that goes back. They don't have to memorize all the music if they can memorize the pattern. There's something in, the, in front of the scale um says four four or three over four or two over four. What's that called? The mirror? Meter. Meter. Okay, the meter is a pattern. One, two, three, four, one, two. get okay, enough of that. All right. There's musical patterns. There are brain patterns. There are neur- uh, neurons in our brains that whenever you do something, they fire through a pathway, they connect through a pathway. And it's difficult at first, but they begin to dig in and carve in a pathway in your brain. That's why the very first time you rode a bike, you had to concentrate really hard because it was brand new to you. But now you don't even have to think about it. You get on a bike because you have created a pathway in your mind, a pattern, your body body already knows the pattern. That's why, uh, for example, let's say you're driving to your girlfriend's house the first time you go, you're looking at Google Maps, you're trying to check the street signs, it's hard, you're concentrating, you make a wrong turn or two. But after you've been to your girlfriend's house 50 times, you don't have to look at Google Maps, you don't have to concentrate, you just drive there naturally. Love just drives the car to your girl. It's just a pattern. You start to create pathways in your mind. What I find interesting is long before neuroscientists discover there's patterns up here, The word of God was teaching us about patterns. God already knew. Romans 12, watch this. Paul says, now you say it out loud, the orange words. If you see a word in orange, you say it out loud. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern. There's a pattern of this world. This world has a pattern. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, as good pleasing and perfect will god does does god dislike the world no he doesn't hate the world he loves the world he gave his son for the world but he doesn't like the pattern of the world and he is telling his followers do not follow the pattern of this world 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 13 what you heard from me keep as the lost a few of you of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus paul wanted as the church was being started, he wanted the gospel to be highlighted. And he's telling Timothy, I'm just telling you, it is important, follow the pattern of sound teaching and good doctrine. Bad doctrine will lead the bad lives. Follow the pattern of sound teaching. Romans 5, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. The word Adam means the man. Adam was the first man, but he was not the man because his wife said you need to do this and Adam listened, It's not always wrong to listen to your wife, don't get the wrong, actually most of the time it's probably really safe to listen to your wife, just for safety measures men. I still have a limp from a couple, no I'm just kidding. But Adam took us down a road where every child that's born now has a sinful pattern. We naturally have a pattern of sin because of the pattern that Adam gave us Venture Christian Church, the church that you're sitting in right now, in a middle school, but part of Venture Christian Church. You know what we are focused on right now? We're not so much focused on numbers. We're not so much focused on growth. We are focused on patterns right now. Because 10 years down the road, now listen to this, 10 years down the road, there are churches that start and 10 years later, they say, what what is the mess? Why the mess? And they trace it back to the beginning days, they started some bad patterns. So right now in this church, we are focusing on the patterns, trying to create healthy patterns so that the church is healthy for years to come. By the way, this is a non-denominational Christian church. It's part of the restoration movement the New Testament movement. In the early 1800s, there was a group of guys that got together and said, I'm tired of following man's made-up laws and man's made-up rules and man's made-up theology. What if we just open up the New Testament and follow the New Testament and have a church that emphasizes what the New Testament emphasizes? No denomination. You can be Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, Wesleyan, Episcopalian. All of us are welcome to be together. Isn't that good? it does not just Baptists walk into Baptist church and Methodists walk into Methodist church everybody can serve Jesus together that was what non-denominational was about but it went back to restoring the pattern of the New Testament I appreciate the movement you have family patterns and generational patterns (coughs) the problem for some isn't just that they have an alcohol problem it's that their dad had an alcohol problem and their great-granddad had an alcohol problem. And they're still fighting the same demons that great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddad great had so many years ago. And there has been a pattern, a generational pattern that has been passed down. I was talking to a guy this last week. I was uh, telling him about a reaction that, he, that another young Christian man was having. And I was blown away by the reaction. And I said, to, I said where did that come from? He said, his granddad. He got it from his granddad." That's why he acted like that. He's just following the pattern of his family. Hey, we all need to hear this today. God put within you the power to break any pattern that has been in your life. Isn't that good news? He has given us the power to break any pattern that has been passed down. We don't have to say, well, I have no choice. I'm going to be addicted to alcohol because great granddad. No, we don't. God has given us the power to break the pattern. The power is within each and every one of us. There's math patterns. I used to be a math teacher. Wasn't a very good one, but I was a math teacher. Multiplication has patterns. 111 times six. You know it, Brad? I didn't think so. 111 times six has a pattern. 111, 222, 333, 444, 555. What's the final answer? Because I don't want to say it. (laughs) 666 1 or 11 times 6 Actually you can find out the product By looking at the pattern The answer over here behind the equal sign Is the product, it's the answer And actually in this case We don't like the answer very much But in order to change the product In order to change the answer In order to change our behavior You can't just change the answer out of nowhere You have to change the pattern you have to change the problem. So rather than 111 times 6, you take 111 times 7. And you just change a little bit of the pattern. And now we have 777, seven, seven, which we like a whole lot better, don't we? Than that original problem. You know, it's just my genetics, Nathan. It's just my genetics. Hey, I want to brag on me for a second because I enjoy doing that. I lost 16 pounds the last three weeks. Hey, hey. I like people clapping for me. It feels so good. But how did that happen? We got it. Somebody's listening. It wasn't one day I turned down chocolate cake. Because I don't turn down chocolate cake. It wasn't just one day I turned down the pizza. It started to hit me. Diets, I, I can stick to a diet for a month. But after that, I go back to my... And I started to discover a pattern. Apparently having a whole box of Oreos right before you go to bed is not the right pattern. So I've cut back to two thirds of the box and (laughs) I created a new pattern about three weeks ago. And so far the pattern has stuck. Now the determining factor on whether or not I'm going to keep the weight off is actually what, whether or not I keep the, now I can sit here and complain about my genetics all day long. I got one side of my family that I, that's what I complain about. The physical genetics, Or I can complain, I can fix the the pattern. See, here's the deal everybody's good at seeing the problem. You ever notice that? If you're in administration, everybody can see the problem. It doesn't take a leader to see the problem, good leaders see the pattern. While everybody else is complaining about the problem, a leader sees the pattern and does something about the pattern. You have to dig in to the pattern a heroin addict you don't go up to a heroin addict and say hey I think I know what the problem is you need to stop doing heroin what would the addict say the addict knows the problem but there's a there's a pattern I have a lot more I'm going to skip some I have no energy I have uh, I feel discouraged all the time I don't like to exercise I can't afford to give an offering to the church Uh oh okay too soon Psalm 1, remember that passage we read earlier? There was a reason we read it. I want to show you a pattern. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, night and day. Well, how could you ever meditate on his law night and day unless you have a pattern every day of being in the word of God? He's talking about a pattern. Blessed is the one who created a pattern to follow the word of God in my life. Look at, look at another spiritual pattern. First Thessalonians 5, 17. It says two words, pray continually. Does that mean that right now you shouldn't be listening to this and you need to be praying? Actually, what it means is you've just developed a pattern of prayer in your life. When you're stressed, you pray. When you're worried, you pray. When you don't know what to do next, you pray. When you're thankful, you pray. When you praise, you pray. You've developed a pattern of prayer in your life. Matthew 18, he talks about a forgiving pattern. When somebody offends you, how do you respond? Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should, uh, should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but... 77 times and what's he saying don't count to 7 develop a pattern where every time somebody offends you you don't respond with vengeance you don't respond with bitterness this is a spiritual pattern you have developed a forgiving pattern in your life Hebrews chapter 10 let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching develop an encouraging pattern If you're a parent here today, you've developed patterns in your home. Did you know that? Unfortunately, that's what we think, oh boy. Our kids are watching how we respond to criticism. Our kids are watching us how we respond to negativity or if we're positive or negative in our home. We are creating patterns in our home that will stick with them the rest of their life. It scares me half to death. (laughs) to be honest. But the enemy tells us and our minds even believe it that the problem is just the problem. And it's just a personality trait. I'm just a, I'm just a late person. I I can't get anywhere on time. It's just my personality. (laughs) I'm just late everywhere I go. That's just who I am. That's the problem. I can't fix it. Well, maybe, maybe if you didn't watch that extra episode last night, if you didn't have three cups of sweet tea, if you didn't microwave that last bag of popcorn and stay up till midnight on your electronic device, not put your clothes out, push your snooze seven times in the morning, maybe if you change your pattern, maybe you don't have to be a late arriver anymore. Well, I'm just a bad test taker. Maybe you have bad study patterns. We are here today to announce you can change the pattern through Jesus Christ. When Paul said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, he was saying it's possible. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't possible. In 1 Corinthians 10, when he says, there's always a way out of every temptation, you don't have to give in. He's saying it's possible to break the pattern. Jesus came, here's the sermon, we're almost done. Jesus came to reset our patterns vertically and horizontally, vertically with him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength through prayer, through the word of God. Through spiritual patterns, horizontally through you don't have to react in meanness. You don't have to snap off the cuff. You don't have to backbite. You don't have to gossip. That's a that's a horizontal pattern. That maybe it was created in your home. Maybe you grew up in a gossip home. Maybe you grew up in a negative home. And you but Jesus says you don't have to. He came to reset the pattern. Aren't you grateful for that? That he reset Adam's pattern. And he gave us a new one, World War II. I have a pattern toward reading World War II books for about the last 15 years. Why did the Allies beat the Axis powers? Several reasons, but one of the big ones was this. And the one thing that Winston Churchill was afraid of, we couldn't defeat the U-boats. Winston Churchill said, I'm not afraid of them except for the U-boats. I don't know what to do about the U-boats. So submarines, they put in the Atlantic, we were sending shipping convoys over to England. We, couldn't, we weren't flying our soldiers there. We're putting them on ships and they were going to England. We were giving them produce. We were giving them supplies. So we'd have 50 ships and a shipping convoy going across the Atlantic and the U-boats would be sitting under the water and they were just picking us off. We lost a lot of soldiers just to getting them to the war. And we couldn't figure out what to do. There was a machine called the Enigma machine. There's been some movies on it, by the way. There was a pattern the way the Germans talked or, yeah, the way the Germans talked to their U-boats. But we, we could listen to it, but we couldn't figure out the pattern. We didn't know what they were saying. And so in uh, London or outside of, uh, of London, there was a group of mathematicians who were trying to break the code, trying to dissect the pattern. And finally, one day, they broke the code, and guess what happened in the war? We started to avoid the U-boats. We started to win the war and researchers say the war ended two or three years earlier than it would have we probably would have won the war eventually but because we broke the code because some group of people in england broke the code the war ended about two years earlier saving about 15 million people's lives because we broke the code hebrews chapter 8 they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven this is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Did God leave us a pattern, church? He did through Jesus, and Jesus broke the pattern. He broke the code. Adam set a code, a sinful pattern, and Jesus came, and he broke it. And we stand here today, and we have a choice. Am I going to follow Adam's pattern? or am I gonna follow the pattern of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Matthew four, Satan goes to Jesus. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. We're gonna break that pattern right after church. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. He's hungry. He said, there's a stone, Jesus. Um, If you're really the Son of God, turn that into bread. And what does Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Said, Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, I'm going to show you all the kingdoms. He showed it to him in his head. I'm going to show you all the kingdoms. You can have it all. What does Jesus say? He said, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Get behind me. He goes to Jesus, says, Stand on the temple, throw yourself off the temple. Angels will come and rescue you before you even hit the ground. What does Jesus say? Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Get away from me. Three tests. Three temptations, three codes, three patterns. Everybody hold up three on your finger. Three, it's important. First John chapter two, verse 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, one. The lust of the eyes, two. And the pride of life, three. Comes not from the father, but from the world, three. Three temptations, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's what we want. The lust of the eyes, that's what we see. The pride of life, that's what we think we can pull off by ourselves without God. Jesus turned the stone to bread. How did Satan tempt him? By the lust of the flesh. Jesus, you can have all the kingdoms, the lust of the eyes. Jesus, throw yourself off the temple, the pride of life. Satan has been working that way, throwing those three temptations at us since the beginning of time. He's been working in a code and Jesus came to break the code. He came to break the sinful pattern of Adam. We serve a God who is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And I just got to tell you, it'll be totally different than here. No one will hate each other. There will be no more discrimination. There will be no more prejudice. There will be no more racism. There will be no more hate. Why? Because it's a place with a new pattern. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Father, today we see that the problem is not usually the problem. There is randomness in this life and stuff that we cannot explain, but if we were to be honest and and stop making excuses, we could look back at the pattern. And rather than blame our grandparents or blame our parents and say, oh, I just do it like that because they did it like that, Jesus has given us the power today to reset our patterns And my prayer this morning is that we would have the courage to look inward and the courage to look backward, to see what are the patterns in our life that are self-destructive, that are emotionally damaging me, relationally damaging me, spiritually damaging to me, and that we would push the reset button. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen.